Hello and welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. I'm your aptly named host of your favorite hebdomadal podcast. We're beginning our 23 NTC coverage this week. And oh, I'm glad you're with me. I'd have to undergo counter-immuno-electrophoresis if you opposed me because you missed this week's show. 23 NTC. Amy Sample Ward kicks off our coverage of the 2023 Nonprofit Technology Conference hosted by N10. They cover the conference details and delve into weighing the benefits and risks of the fast-moving technology, artificial intelligence. They are the CEO of N10 and our technology and social media contributor. Also, building an inclusive board culture. Let us explore the signs and symptoms of your board's current culture and strategies to be more inclusive and equitable if that's something your nonprofit needs to pursue. Let us also dive into how to manage toxic people on your board. Renee Rubin Ross is founder and CEO of the Ross Collective. On Tony's Take Two, 23 NTC Thanks. We're sponsored by DonorBox. With intuitive fundraising software from DonorBox, your donors give four times faster. Helping you help others. DonorBox.org. And I'm sorry, my voice is a little hoarse because I did spend so much time capturing interviews at 23 NTC. Here is 23 NTC with Amy Sample Ward. Welcome back to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio coverage of 23 NTC. You know that it's the Nonprofit Technology Conference hosted by N10. This is not our first interview today, but I'm sure that this is going to be the kickoff of Nonprofit Radio's coverage of 23NTC, where we, and you'll find out why very shortly, where we are sponsored by Heller Consulting, technology strategy and implementation for nonprofits. The reason that we're going to do this interview first of the many, 20 to be exact, uh, interviews from 23NTC is because with me now is Amy Sample Ward. You know who they are the CEO of N10 and our technology and social media contributor, which makes them the grand imperial wizard and grand poobah of the 2023 Nonprofit Technology Conference. Amy Sample Ward, it's a real pleasure to see you in person. It is wild to get to see you in person know, after all this I time. It. I know, I, I am touching you. We're patting. Yes. We're patting each other's arms and shoulders. Um, yes. And I think I need to update my my business card. I have a whole string of titles now, I guess. Oh, well, to the extent you're willing to put on your business card. I will not are, be putting those on my business card. Pro- this was all a joke. Oh, yes. thank you. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> but nobody uses business cards anymore anyway, it's so I'm, I'm not offended. Although there's this little stack of cards I'm trying to get rid of still. Nice. Some people take them. Yeah. There are some... Uh, there are, maybe there maybe are they're, moments they're, when it's really helpful. Maybe they're all boomers. I don't know, but <laughs> somebody's, somebody's... There are people who would rather not just... Uh, scan a code. Yeah. Would rather take a physical card. So I have cards no, out I there. I actually don't even have business cards. You don't. I, I don't have business cards. Okay. I could no not longer. Give you one right. if I wanted to. No longer. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. 
Well, then don't add it to your business card. <laughs> um, we're at 23 NTC. Congratulations. Yay! Congratulations. It's really happening. We are looking around at a big old hall. There are booths. There are people. There are snacks. How many people? How many people are we, here with us in Denver? We have 1,600 people here in Denver. That's a shitload of people. That's a lot of people some, to manage. Um, yeah. Online. Yeah. 400, 400, high, 400 virtual 1,600 yeah. in person. Yes, All yes, right. We're yes. feeding 1,600 people. Yes. We are toileting for 1,600 people. <laughs> yes. We have... We have lounges. Loun- we have mini parks. We have everything. Yes, there's a, there's a quiet room. Yes. There's uh, birds of a feather rooms. There's yoga. Yes. Uh, there's- oh my gosh, did you see the, the everybody yoga out downstairs earlier? I didn't oh, see it. Oh, it was beautiful. Everybody it was, was doing it? like 50 people, and it was yoga... You don't need to have ever done yoga before. You don't need experience um, for everybody. You know, there are folks who were in chairs versus sitting on the floor, you know, and everybody was just doing it all together out in the that big foyer downstairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a big space. Yeah. Wonderful. It was, it was beautiful. And there's light maybe streaming in. Yeah, the light, exactly. Because there's a huge wall of windows right. streaming in. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we can be at a technology conference, but I think, you know, we've talked about this lots of times, whether it's the NTC or, or just how we think about technology in general, it's, it's actually not about the technology, right? It's about people and people being able to meet the needs they have and honoring that those needs are different for different people. You know, like there have to be a lot of different lounges because you maybe want a different lounge than I want, right? Like somebody wants to not be talking. Tony Martinetti wants to be talking, you know? <laughs> I like to talk. Um, yes, indeed. Right. So, you, you, yeah, you take care of the whole person. Yeah. You, the NTC collective, the, the N10 team. collective. Yes. yes, the collective. Absolutely. Um, today's keynote. Yeah. I don't know which of the three. I was interviewing oh, early, was, so I didn't uh, see yeah, today's this keynote. This morning was Who Sophia was Noble. Okay. What, what, was, uh, what was their message? She... Had so many different things to talk about. And one thing that I want to call out and then encourage people to maybe think about themselves and go go follow, go find. She's written books. She has lots of ways that you could follow her content. But this morning we talked a lot about technology as a social, economic, and political practice. Um, it It is happening. You know, it's not static it, it isn't just there yeah. these are these are ways that certain economic issues classes dynamics are 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 actively being managed these tech through technology power social dynamics are being managed right like those things have been baked in from the beginning so when we think of and we've certainly talked about this before like bias that gets built into a tool mm. it isn't just I like orange and you like blue or something, right? It's bias that some people will forever be able to better use that tool. It's bias that some people maybe never access that tool. That um, the, the idea that we are in surveillance systems all of the time and we are kind of being told, these are utilities. We must all use these tools, right? They're, they're convenience. They're making our lives better. But safety, they're actually safe, surveillance well, When you're talking about tools. surveillance, yeah, safety and security are often uh, right. uh, 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 justi- used as justifications. Yes, yes. And even if even if it does feel, this is this is a point that um, Sophia made this morning, maybe it does feel kind of casually better that 
the ads you're getting are are things maybe that you actually would consider buying versus something that's totally unrelated to you, that is not worth you, your data being sold, used, misused, and deciding who you are, right? Some of some of our data being sold um, and being used by other other well, anyone that isn't us, is is deciding, can you get a loan, right? Yeah. Can you do, are we even going to like actually believe that you can graduate from college? Are and we going to let you in? Are we going to hire you for this hire, job, yeah. right? Um, so it isn't just this like, I think we kind of um, animize it or make it make it so generic that it, it loses a little bit of its harsh reality when we think, oh, the data's out there, but whatever. It's like my purchase history, and I like that they recommended a good product yeah, right. to me, we, right? We think of it as very benign. Right, but but that but same but data not. set is determining if, you know, like Sophia you, said, in, well, in the UK, the, banks are looking at social media to decide if they're going to give you a loan. Does it geez. look like all the people that you're connected to are, like, historically separated from any access to wealth well we're not going to give you a loan well then that means we're not using we're not predicting anything we are deciding with that technology right this isn't predictive analytics this is restrictive analytics yeah, right we're yeah. using this to gatekeep and to continue to oppress people um and i think a really big part of that conversation too was we everybody here at, at the ntc and folks that are listening to nonprofit radio are folks who are both the users impacted by that and organizations in a position to maybe not realize they're playing a part in that. You know, like maybe you're sending all of your users into those tools because it was easier or you thought they were already on Facebook or what, even if it's not social media, you're using a certain product and you didn't realize that data share what the data sharing right. practices were because you didn't exactly. do your due diligence around exactly around and their so, privacy right uh, their privacy rules. Yeah, right. Yeah. Jeez, uh, you gave me chill. I'm getting my <laughs> synesthesia kicked in, and I'm sure it's not the air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's it's all right. So we need a show about this. Yeah, there's just a lot of layers to this, right? We and could be contributing ourselves, right? Uh, uh, innocuous, well, un unknowingly, right. right? Unknowingly, right? Um, and she it works um, and it, as. Uh, faculty and leading a department at UCLA and brought up an example from the academic world of years ago when there was the tool that was being sold, marketed to professors and universities that you could upload all of your students' papers into it and then it would tell you if they had plagiarized from the internet, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. oh, that's something else that already exists. And she and her colleagues immediately said, oh, this is not good. This is actually not good. And a lot of other folks were like, what do you mean? This means like we're, we're catching the students who were trying to plagiarize. Of course, we all know that means that small successful company got bought by a bigger company who knew what they could do with a big old data set, oh. right? So what, just think, if you wrote a paper in college when you're still trying to like figure out your ideas and you're still learning like the paper is meant to be a learning practice it's it's not meant to be published for the world and now 15 years later you're applying for a job and that shows up you know as part of your data record right and 
maybe it has ideas that you fundamentally don't believe now or even ever but didn't really know what you were saying and now you can't get a job because people see this and say oh you wrote this paper it's part of your archive right your personal archive right oh man so the so as organizations when we think we're saving time or we think that we're we're doing something by by letting the robots do it so that we ourselves are not subjectively making decisions right we might actually be making even harder subjective decisions down the line for those people right we might be setting them up into systems where their data and their issues are not ever in their control again and this is know? so enormously timely with right. with all the talk about artificial intelligence chat exactly G- chat gpt the other ones i can't name off the top right. of my head right right, right. You know, bs and and our use or our use of them. Look, um, there was a guest on uh, maybe an hour and a half ago who said we're not going to be able to. Uh, no, it was Maureen Walbyoff. Oh think. yes. We're not. We can't stop this. It's like trying to stop the um, the 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 uh, innovation around automobiles. Right. You know, or the phone, or right. trying to stop uh, airlines, uh, right. air, airplane airplane flight. It's not possible. Right. right. But our smart use of it, and and yes. our you know our constrained use of it. And so, so I shared with. This is another thing you and, and I, informed you, you and Gene and I need yeah. to talk about this, the three yes, of us, the yes. three of us together. Yes. Informed, yeah, informed and and thoughtful. And, yeah. you know, I'm concerned about the, the more the, lightly, less the due diligence, but just the, the thought that goes into it. My concern is that, and I shared this with Maureen, and yeah. um, the advice, a lot of the advice that I see is use artificial intelligence as a, a first draft. Right. And then, so you're not you're no longer facing the blank page. Come, sure. Put a pin. I'll come yeah. back to that in a sec. And then you uh, put your own right, tone to it. It's easier to edit your than own it is language. To, right. to create. Yeah. That's exactly my concern. Yes. You're reducing yourself from creative thinker working from a blank sheet, blank screen to to relegate it to copy editor. And I don't well, mean to insult any copy editors. No, but copy it's not editing nearly, is a very valuable but job. But it's not nearly as creative a process as looking at a blank screen well, and working from the, nothing. I, I think the really big piece of that is we have seen plenty of evidence. We do not need more evidence to know that what these artificial intelligence tools are providing to us is misinformation. The, the tool is not only giving us quote-unquote Facts, well, that's another, right? la- another and layer. And so you- it isn't even that you need to add a copy editing layer. If you were to do that, you would need to go back and actually say, like- is any of this real? Like Safia, um, Safia said this morning, they had received, um, you know, the, the other people in academia are making this point of, you know, oh, this is leveling the playing field, right? Because now folks who maybe aren't naturally confident or comfortable writing and they communicate better in other ways, now they could use artificial intelligence to help them get a jump start on the paper and then they edit it and, you know, whatever. But they have reviewed papers written in this way. All of the footnotes are not real articles. They're not real books, oh, right? Because artificial intelligence made up a book to reference. So... The footnotes are not real? Right. Because artificial intelligence was told to make a footnote. So it notated words in the format that it learned online is what a footnote looks like right damn so the idea that it is there i i like i like you're saying you know the idea that oh it it gets us started and then we go in and like we zhuzh it up no 
I mean, unless you're using it for the outline structure of I want an intro paragraph and then I want, you know, but what what then is left that is viable? We are not helping people get a jump start. We are actively creating more inf- misinformation in, in content. It's time for a break. Stop the drop with DonorBox. They're the online donation platform. How many possible donors drop off before they finish making the donation on your website? You can stop that drop and break that cycle with DonorBox's ultimate donation form. You add it to your website in minutes. There's no coding required. When you stop the drop, the possible donors become donors. It's four times faster checkout, easier payment processing, no setup fees, no monthly fees, no contract required. You'll be joining over 40,000 U.S. nonprofits that use DonorBox. DonorBox, helping you help others at DonorBox.org. Now back to 23NTC. There's another layer on top of that because you mentioned the footnote yeah. specifically. Uh, LinkedIn post, someone I, I follow a lot on LinkedIn. He follows me. Um, I, I think I can mention George Weiner at oh, yeah. uh, Whole Whale. Yeah. Whole Whale. Um, Who's maybe here? Is George here? I, is George here? I, oh, I, I don't, don't want to okay. be part of misinformation, <laughs> but I think that George might be here. Oh, wow. His concern was he did a search of something that whole whale is is very well known for uh, uh-huh. well, I, I guess it was i think it was seo basically yeah, yeah, yeah. seo yeah. basically and um he, d- he did a search in artificial intelligence yeah. so he, he was using yeah. an AI, ai tool yes. for search yes and it came up with a, a, a top result that was f- dr- taken from whole whales resource page or something yeah. and it credited a whole it did credit whole whale yeah his concern was that the next step would be it would take from Whole Whale's resource page yes. and not credit Whole Whale. Right, of course. There was no requirement for it. So no. in this case, it was a legitimate footnote. But his concern is that it's going to be stealing his intellectual property and not crediting him well, and Whole Whale. of course. Whale. Because if you think about what artificial intelligence is doing, is like yeah. well, at scale, able to read all of the internet, right? We're not able to read all the internet. It's reading not technically all of it, but like, you know, so much more of it than we could read without the kind of human context that we're able to put on something. I know that on the nonprofit radio website, there are pieces of content where you've said, Amy said, quote, blah, 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 right? I work at N10. My name is Amy Sample Ward. The idea that artificial intelligence would know to read the next sentence to know that I said the thing when that thing is all that mattered because it was relevant to what it was trying to create. And even if it did create a footnote, it would likely be nonprofit radio, right? But the the radio show doesn't talk, right? (laughs) It it, it wouldn't be crediting you. So it's already set up to fail. And even the greater likelihood is that it's not gonna credit anyone. It's just gonna take the, it's gonna take the intellectual property. Right, of course. And so, you know, I think we're 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 overestimating what it could do and putting human expectations onto artificial intelligence that it it can't and shouldn't. It doesn't need to be human, right? But we are we are blurring the lines of what is best for humans to do and what is best for 
a data crunching tool to do, right? We're, uh, we did I, talk I, about hopeful <laughs> things. <laughs> I but, feel you like know. I'm drowning, in, <laughs> drowning in the ocean that I live across the street from. Right. Look, um, all right, so we, no, we need to talk about this again. But, I mean, I, I guess, you know, what we're, what we're talking about is thoughtful use. Yes. But, but I don't, I'm not, well, I'm I, not convinced I, that humans thing. are thoughtful enough to, 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 to thoughtfully use this wave that's the tsunami that's, that's g- gathering such speed that even Elon Musk said, signed oh something that said, let's take a six month pause. I mean, which, what which, is, what, which is ridiculous. Okay, we're not talking we, about we Elon pause. Musk. And I can't. Okay. Well, but, um, but the idea that there be a, a pause, an artificial pause in, in technological growth is absurd. Right. No. So this thing is because not... Because even what this, we know of is not actually accurate to what has currently been developed. That just hasn't been released Right. Has, well, we just right. don't know. Yeah, or, yeah. or it's happening nefariously and... and the, Wa- the Washington Post will uncover it in right. in six months or something. It's already, right. when it's already too late. Right. Well, and I think but there's a piece of this. The, the, the point th- is, it's not stopping. And no, we need to be thoughtful. But I'm not. I, I don't have a lot of confidence that, that we're thoughtful enough beings well, to know, not take I don't advantage think that of this. It's about necessarily that we're not thoughtful this. and we need to be more thoughtful. I think what what I see at least and here in the community is that folks feel like. There wasn't a choice. This was the only tool that was available. And we're sitting in the middle of a giant exhibit hall, right, with like 120 people. And there are people in here that do the same things as each other. You know, um, there's no other nonprofit radio in here. But but there are people, you know, who do the same thing. And the, the illusion that we don't have choice as individual nonprofit organizations or as individual users of technology is a myth that is being over and over and over told to us so that we don't go looking, right? That we don't unsubscribe, that we don't opt out, that we don't say, no, you cannot have my data, right? Because it's the same same story of, you need this. This is useful to you. This is improving your life is also, and don't look behind the curtain. There's nowhere else to go. There's no one else, you know? Because that's that's the power. That is the that is that political, social, economic practice that's happening by technology to keep us as we are, right? And so breaking out of that is not okay. Everybody here has to go make their own tools. That's not what I'm saying either. Mm. Even just knowing that there are options pushes you into thoughtfulness because now you're saying, oh well, how would I decide between these? Oh, let me ask some questions, right? And when we think there's no choice, we don't bother asking the questions. We don't know what they're going to do when we sign up for their product, right? So even just thinking, well, let me like shop around already sets us up to be so much more mindful of what we're doing with technology, the decision, the investments we're making, you know, what products we're putting our community's data into, you know? Makes so, you mindful, raises your consciousness. Right. So I don't think it's hard to like turn that, yeah. to, to go over that hump. And it's not like we're asking everyone to become enlightened on a topic that they've never heard about. We're saying, just ask questions. Know that there is more than one option, right? Um, And that already gets you moving the power back onto your side, right? They are answering to you now versus you feeling like, well, I just signed up and now now we're using this tool, you know? You have options. You have options. Yes. NTC is one place to find out what those options are. N10 is yeah. uh, thoughtful use of technology. N10, 
the courses. I mean, you can do them for certification, for yep. God's sake, if you need certification, yep. if you need a diploma. Right. We They have them? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, 24 NTC. Yes. Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. All right. We really back thought home. when back we had home. the NTC in Portland in 2019, um, and we thought, oh, everybody loved it. We just got so much great feedback from the community oh, that the city was fun and accessible, that restaurants were good, you know, um, people had a great time. And we're like, okay, well, we can come back to Portland. Let's really put this a long time from now. <laughs> and now it will be, you know, we just had Denver and then we're back right. in Portland two. again. It's two, two after. <laughs> because we had three years, <laughs> three years of, of not being on yeah. offline. So yes, back in Portland, everyone on the team is super excited. Be, just to be back at a place we've been before and it makes all the decisions easier. Um, we, we already have ideas for making it better. So, and you know, we're in Denver here, but we're also online and there are sessions that are only in Denver. There are sessions that are only online. And then there are sessions that are simultaneously in both places. And let me tell you, we are learning a lot. There's a lot of, that takes a lot of technology support, especially the, the, the ones that are here and virtual. Yes. I would say in-person in stuff, you know, fine, under control. Yeah. You know, re right. the regular snafus. We've done that. We've been doing this for the, decades. The totally online stuff, also totally fine. You know, every once in a while somebody logs into the wrong Zoom or, you know, whatever, but that's fine. It's the hybrid sessions where we yeah. have really asked a lot of technology <laughs> and technology seems to still be deciding how it feels about us what is it, <laughs> and what these it, hybrid sessions what does it look like in those rooms or, or can we so, so there's we a have, camera uh-huh can we see the the audience members yes. who are virtual yes there's a screen with all of them yeah, so there's so both places can see but you know back between yes and we have um, an N10 staff person or one of our trained volunteers is a host on both sides so that there's somebody who's not the speakers or the, the attendees themselves trying to say, somebody has a question or the question's over here or, you know, like those two hosts can talk one to one and like own, and own their side, the speaker, right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have those two hosts. We have the actual like Zoom, and then we have all of the technology that needs to be in the Denver room to make sure that the microphones are syncing in real time to the stream, to the video, to everything else. Um, Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, it's bold. It's a bold initiative to take yes. it on. Yes, and honestly, so far, I mean, knock on wood, I think we had a snafu this morning where, you know, and it's like the perfect worst thing to happen. You know, the, the, the bad thing that happened was volunteers wanted to make sure that their sessions were great and tried to log in early to set them up early. And so they booted the session that was already <laughs> happening. <laughs> so it wasn't like nobody came or nothing ever yeah, happened. No, right, you know, right. the captioners have all been there and it's the normal caption team we work with who are just so great and consistent. All the volunteers have been early if not on time <laughs> um, you know so the pro and then we realized oh the problem is that that volunteer logged in oh that's why we all got booted oh they were able to figure it out send a message to everyone and say if your shift starts at 9 15 
We mean 9.15. We do not mean 9.13. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it was an easy to fix challenge. Right. It was conscientious. You have yes. conscientious volunteers. Yes. Not, not lazy, lackadaisical right. volunteers. <laughs> right. But All so right. we were learning a lot about like what prep do the folks on both sides really need to pull that off? Like maybe, maybe, you know, Ash and Jeremy and Drew have a session with you in the summer and talk about doing hybrid virtual events and how to yeah, make them really yeah. successful you know people are still doing i mean so many folks fundraising galas have kept the the hybrid mm-hmm. piece where they're like oh we could have a hundred people at home donating that we didn't buy food for yes please you know um so i think i think we're really gonna see hybrid stay around people are gonna want to keep doing that um and uh, you know us we're happy to share all of our mistakes so that you can learn from them yes all right all right, so 24 NTC. So I would expect 24 NTC is also going to be a hybrid. Yes, I think it so. It sounds you wouldn't abandon that all the learnings. Right. I mean, yeah, all the, all the problems attendees. from here. Yeah. Right. So next year it'll be 800. Yeah. Virtual. Right. All right. Thank you. Yay. All right. We're looking forward to 20. Well, we're in, we're loving 23 NTC yes. here in Denver. Looking forward to next year. You and Gene and I, I think we just have picked, uh, identified probably three different subjects that the three of us could spend an hour talking about. Yes. Um, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's concerned. Uh, even George Weiner, kind of, you know, he was more leaning toward, well, the risks aren't, you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're that that, that great. Yeah. Uh, but I, I need George to be a little more thoughtful <laughs> before he comes down on one side or the other. Well, and uh, I think that from. From any position, the Georges. That, Let me just not put it on George yeah. Weiner. I need the Georges, the yes. Georges, to be more thoughtful. I think it's important to also remember that when we're thinking of what are those risks, we're filtering that through what do I think those risks are, and and I or you, you as the listener, whoever, the one asking that question, cannot be the one assessing risk for everyone. You have not experienced the same harm that everyone has experienced from technology. You maybe don't have the same view of what you need that technology to do. So the idea that any one of us could say, oh, the risks aren't that bad, or these are the definitive list of risks, we just can't. You know, it's too dynamic of a constantly changing situation to say that the risks, the risk list stops, or that it is or is not too much to care about, right? Because for some folks, there are people who are not online because of these risks, right? They are choosing to not even have access to some of the utilities that we all can benefit from, working remotely, having access to education remotely, because these risks are, are too harmful, right? So I just want to caution any of us from saying, this is it, or this is the view, right? The, the view is changing every day when all the people in this room release a new version of their product, right? Or buy each other and decide to do different things. And it's also very personal. Yes. It, it, it has to be personal, organizational. Yeah. And that's the, yeah. that's the place from which I want everybody here to take their duty, right? Is that it is personal. And you have a duty as an organization to honor that personal level of choice and risk for every community member that you are expecting to give you their data, right? That you're expecting to trust you. And that that's kind of an entry point too to that mindfulness around technology is like, it's not yours, it is theirs. And are you allowing them to have choice? Are you allowing folks to decide how much data they give you and not? Or 
what you can do with their data. Like it just opens up a whole five more shows of what we talk about, right? All right, good. We have some things. <laughs> this is not her. La- this is not this is their. Not- this is not their last appearance. Right, Amy like, Sample Ward. Let's, let's right. talk about Gene about the the legal piece of that too, right? Because there's a social conscience of what you do with your community members' data, and there's actual legal, legal pieces of it too, that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We will. We will. All right. They're Amy Sample Ward, the CEO of N10, the grand high exalted <laughs> mystic ruler of 23NTC. Um, I was surprised to see them walking on the street today. Uh, I, I thought I'd see them in a, in a chauffeured limousine. Oh my gosh. When you bring 1,600 people to the city of Denver. I, I thought you'd get the, the, the penthouse suite, and <laughs> the concierge, Not Velvman. Not me. Not me. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much. So thank good to you. see you. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for being with our 23NTC coverage, where we are sponsored by Heller Consulting, sharing the booth with us, doing technology strategy and implementation for nonprofits. Thank you. It's time for Tony's Take Two. First, I need to thank Heller Consulting. So, thank you, Heller Consulting, for your sponsorship of. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio at the 2023 Nonprofit Technology Conference. Very grateful that we shared a large booth together, that I was able to make lots of interviews to Heller after each interview, bringing folks over to meet the Heller team. Uh, That was Kaya and Paige and Jet. And I also met the CEO, Keith Heller. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Heller Consulting, for partnering with me, sponsoring Nonprofit Radio at the 23NTC. Thanks so much. Thanks to the listeners who came by. But a bunch of folks come over, say, oh, you're the, you that radio guy, you're not the Nonprofit Radio guy. One guy said it in the bathroom. But uh, in any case, I got a chance to uh, meet lots of listeners. So that's very gratifying. Thank you to those folks it came over. I'm not going to name uh, who came over in the men's room. We'll just leave that uh, to lay right there. But thanks, listeners, who uh, who joined us at 23NTC. And thank you, N10. N10, supporting nonprofit radio. I'm grateful for our partnership. Thank you to the team at N10. Congratulations to the staff for a successful, fun, valuable conference. My thanks, my congratulations out to N10. That is Tony's take two. We've got buku buttloads more time. Here is building an inclusive board culture. Welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio coverage of 23NTC, the 2023 Nonprofit Technology Conference. We're at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver, Colorado, where we are sponsored by Heller Consulting, technology strategy and implementation for nonprofits. With me now is Renee Rubin Ross. She is founder and CEO of the Ross Collective. Renee Rubin Ross, welcome to Nonprofit Radio. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Absolute pleasure to have you. Your topic is building an inclusive culture on nonprofit boards. Right. Right. Um, I I think I have some sense, but I'm going to let you 
articulate because you'll do it better why we need this session mm, oh wow <laughs> well so many things but um I think that I, I do a lot of different things. I uh, do strategic planning and board development facilitation. And I also teach board development at Cal State University East Bay. And so I've had so many, I identify as a white person and consultant. I've had so many people come up to me who are on board saying, wow, we are really struggling to build a positive culture. And and what, what do we need to do? How can we make things different? And I mean, I would say people of all different racial backgrounds, people who are, you know, people who might just be joining the board who don't know what's going on. And so in, in, do, in having these conversations, I've developed a way of thinking about, all right, what are some practices that support boards to do better work? Because I think that, that we, many of us, you probably know someone who's joined a board and says, gosh, you know, it seems like everybody else knows what's going on here and, and I'm trying to catch up. But I just don't feel like I'm part of this. And that might be around information. It might be around the culture in terms of racial equity. It might be around relationships. So really thinking about what are some great practices that boards can keep in mind. Gender equity as well. Yes, I absolutely. A bunch of middle-aged absolutely. white men on a board. Yes, and yes. And there are two women and one's a woman of color. Yes, and, yes. And we, you know, uh -huh. we feel minimized. Yes, uh -huh. I've heard things uh -huh. like, you know, uh, right. uh, we feel patronized, minimized. Uh, right. I don't, right. All the power is in the, the middle-aged white guys. I, I start with the assumption that we all, that we each have something to contribute. And going back to this idea of equity, that the people who are closest to the problems should be weighing in on the solutions so that we really need to design, consciously design boards and organizations in a way where all voices are heard and affirmed. And that there's, that's a good thing. That's not, that's not anybody losing anything. That's actually all of us getting to do better work that supports everybody. Yeah, the, the, uh, that zero-sum game yeah, where, yeah, well, if, yeah. if she has a voice, right. then I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm losing that much of mine. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Power there's a, there's, is power there's is enough. infinite. There's enough for Voice everybody. Voice and power Absolutely. are infinite. Absolutely. All right. So you've got some uh, signs and symptoms, indicators of yeah. of uh, what your current culture is. Right. right. Well, I I am going. I have a story that I'm going to share. Please, we I love stories. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so I was on a board, and I had a colleague who came and joined that board, and at the beginning she was pretty quiet, but then over time. What happened, I, which I had not expected, was she started to come to the board meetings and there was always something bothering her. And she was really angry. And she she became, sadly, this this angry person in our meetings. And I, I didn't expect this. She was someone that I knew. She had some good things to contribute. But I started to think about, what can I do? And I know that many of my students, many of the clients that I work with, have the same issue, which we're going to talk about tomorrow in my session, which is, what do you do about somebody who, sa who has We're going to talk about it today on Nonprofit Radio. We're talking radio. about it right now. not holding that on Nonprofit yeah. Radio. You don't have to have big... Yeah. You don't have what to go to... Do? Nobody listening can go what to your do, session. What do you do about somebody who has become a toxic board member? And what, so so I suggest is this kind of three-part framework. And you knew this woman before the, before the board this service not, together. And this is really what happens. This is not like... Oh, we've never met this person before. Usually people who come on board, somebody knows them ahead of time. But what ended up happening was I did my I did my checklist, which is 
are the board procedures good? Yes. Are we generally building positive relationships? Yes. Are we honoring equity and listening to all voices? Yes. And then it was like, I, what I ended up doing was counseling my colleague off the board. And I just said to her, you know, what I've noticed is it doesn't seem like it makes you happy to be on this board. What'd she say? She probably realized it herself, didn't she? She she realized it herself. I am somebody uh, who's not afraid to have the tough conversations. I wasn't, I wasn't angry with her. I was stating the truth in a courageous way. And it got her to reflect on her participation and to leave the board. What do you you think was good? Was it anything having to do with the with the organization, you know, or, or it, was, it wasn't. You think it was, it wasn't. In it was this case, more, it wasn't. It was there were some other things that were going on, and, I, and yeah. so many of us have a lot of things that have that are happening in our homes and with our families that that maybe we are bringing to board meetings, right? We, so it's really a matter of how can board members act courageously and proactively so that the board, so that everybody feel everybody feels like, wow, when I come to this meeting things are going in a positive direction because what i've heard about boards these days is people really need to feel like their time is worthwhile and if they don't they want to do something else especially now you know in in this post-pandemic time my time is really valuable Tick off your three little your three questions that you ask. Right. So what? so I so I have this framework that I share with my students, with my clients, and in my blog. It's all about are you utilizing formal practices? So that the first one is formal practices, goals, agendas, agreements, term limits. We could just have a whole following hour. Following your bylaws. Your following bylaws, your own bylaws. Right. Yeah. And and I have organ I have encountered organizations that will say, oh no, we, we don't have term limits. We have people on our board have been here for 20, 20 years. years. Yes. You need to tighten that up. That is not responsible. Notice you're okay. saying, I notice you're saying not just have procedures. Mm-hmm. Are you following yes. the procedures? Yes. Thank Your you. bylaws may Thank have, you. may have two mm-hmm. three consecutive three, mm-hmm. three year terms mm-hmm. is the max. Mm-hmm. And you've got this 20 year board member. Right. So great. Right. You've, you've got, got it. You've got, got it. In right. print you need and to, it's, it's, it's you worthless. Gotta, you got to enforce this and have yeah. a way of yeah. being in conversation. So, so first of all, formal, good, good meeting agendas, following formal procedures, good yes. meeting agendas that are aligned with the goals of the organization. Okay. Okay. That actually get followed. Yes, agendas yes. get followed, time limits You're, get followed, exactly. all this. adhered okay, to. So, yes. All right. Second of all, informal procedures. And this is really the the relationship building piece. And a lot. I think that in these days, if anything, people want more than ever to feel that they, they feel connected to other board members. They feel a sense of belonging on the board, that there's compassion, understanding that, you know, that, that it isn't just get the work done. But they're really that there's some sort of te- positive team feeling, mm. and I will say that I shared this on a podcast on a webinar, and someone said, "Well, how much does it cost to build?" Real-? And I'm like, "It doesn't. We're talking a Starbucks coffee, yeah, you know, right. or a it Zoom costs meeting. Consciousness, yes, it costs presence, presence, right? So, so, so first, so formal practices." Informal practices. Formal practices being followed. Yes. I'm, I'm thank you. Asterisking thank that. you. Okay. Thank being you. followed. And informal right. practices, informal. given attention, given given attention, really accounting for the fact that people process information differently, learn differently. That's another informal practice that can really support good good culture and good meetings. And on this on this one, before we move to yeah, the third, yeah, yeah. Can can 
other like social events for the board. Absolutely. Which don't have to be expensive. Yes. The, the person yes. who's concerned about yes. spending too much money. Yeah. I mean, you could you could bring everybody in to witness <laughs> right. witness right. some of the work you're doing if right. if you have that type of work. Right. And, or, but you know, what you you know what you just reminded me of is there was a board that I was invited to join, and they said, Ooh, story. We want to have we want to have all we're having all of our meetings at 7 a.m. And I was like, No, <laughs> that I'm a working parent. That 7 a.m. is a horrible time for me, and I, and so it is also a matter of being aware of how are how how can these practices of of the board be as inclusive as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So so then and then going on to equity, and the reason that so and I define equity as being committed to uh, shifting systems and sharing power, as we talked about before. And the reason that I mention equity is that sometimes, and I do some work as part of a cross-race team where I'm leading, uh, along with my colleague Crystal Cherry, we lead conversations for, for mostly historically white boards around racial equity. Sometimes there is the one person who, one person who may be black or Latinx, who may have something really, really important to say. And that person, even if it's one person, that person needs to be heard. Uh, and so there's some some stepping back as, that needs to happen on behalf of you know by white people sometimes, and some real perspective taking to focus more on equity. Sharing. Sh- yeah. Sharing yeah. power. Sharing voice. Yeah. And and this is we're all on a, a learning journey, but it's like start the journey. The train is going. How and and again, if you when we lead these conversations, we talk a lot about. How does this align with the mission of the organization? So we had an arts organization that had their location in a primarily white neighborhood. Um, all right, how do you? What are you going to do in terms of outreach? Given that forty-five percent of your city is, are people of color, you are not serving the mission to serve the whole community. And you're probably right now. perceived in the community as yeah. a, a white elitist organization. Anyway. Yes. So you're yes. not you're not attracting yes. new yes. supporters yes. of any type, volunteers, right. donors, board so members, whatever. This is really about how does this work of of um, shifting systems, of listening to more perspectives, uh, deepen and strengthen the work yeah. of the organization. Anything else on the on the culture before we talk about uh, dealing with your toxic person personages? <laughs> um, hmm. I, I think that what I would say is I in when I do this work, I encourage, and I'm I'm sure you do the same kind of thing. The first step is really assessment. How are you doing yeah. right now? Yeah. And so. As people are listening, I would say, you know, put the put your put the podcast on pause for a second. Take a minute. Not too long. Okay. Or, okay. or if you do, okay. make sure you come back. It's like let's come not get back. carried away with come board back. equity. All right. I mean, yeah. board equity has its limits. No, no, I'm kidding. So, All right. So, but so and do some reflection. Really, and and these are questions for, you know, for for not just for one person, for the whole board. Um, I will say that that we had we did one conversation with a, a potential client, and it was this man, this white man, and we said to him, "Well, are you are you building belonging on your board?" And and he said, oh, "Of course I am." So and we said, "Well, how do you know?" And he's like, "Well, I've asked my three best friends, and they all feel a sense of belonging." You know, it's like, okay, you got to go beyond, you know, beyond who you hear from, and maybe that means you survey your whole board. 
or do have a consultant come in and do interviews, whatever the way that you're, you're gathering data, you need to be more comprehensive in, in your learning and perspective taking. Can we go to um, toxic yeah. toxic folks? Yeah. How to, how to deal with, yeah. I mean, you had a good sample right. of a good right. story about your friend too. Is she still your friend? She is or still Or did the board she, experience no, uh, you know, she's still my friend because, spill over? Because I spoke in a caring way. I wasn't angry with yeah. her. I could see, I do, that this is how I approach any kind of service or work, you know, and the same thing that I... Um, that I would suggest for clients, positive or negative. In her case, there was she was having more of a negative experience, so it wasn't the right fit for her. Other times, some sometimes the situation comes up where somebody's on the board, they had a really strong relationship with the previous executive director, with the previous staff, yeah. and then those people have left. The organization's going in a new direction, and this person's really frustrated. That is a pretty common scenario. Right, and so what do you do? It's up to the new leadership to say, yes, we affirm the direction that we're taking. We're, mm. we, we're sorry that you, <laughs> that you are not with us, but we are going forward. And that's okay. Again, it's sometimes leaders, some of the leaders that I meet need just more courage to, to take this kind of action. Okay. Yeah. Other, other advice about approaching someone who's who's toxic on a board i i think that's i mean i think it's just straightforward factual you know conversation yeah what about what about in the moment like in Mm -hmm. the in the in the heat of a meeting Mm -hmm. someone is i don't know dominating the conversation or or just belittling someone else's idea that's a good that's a better example belittling someone else's ideas we're in the board meeting right now thank you for that what are we gonna what are we gonna do so so some of the practices that i do so one of the things that i do when i lead a meeting i always use meeting agreements and meeting agreements are how it takes a minute or two how do we want to be together i have a list of meeting agreements around listening to one another curiosity respect is this before you join the board or before each meeting at the beginning of each meeting meeting. literally for a minute and then and then it's a matter of it depending on on how the meeting is so that helps frame things yeah how do we want to be together is there anything you need to add um but I do think that okay. th- this is where this is where some of this goes back to the framework that I mentioned before. Because if if there is, you want to start with a good agenda, and you want, and it is possible to say, all right, well, we've been talking about this for thirty minutes. We said we would talk about it for fifteen. We're gonna cut it off here because we have other things that we need to accomplish, and we're gonna need to t- talk about this in committee. But so two different things. So one is if somebody's sort of going off, you can use some of those kinds of you know moves. But then the next part of it is, is if someone is belittling somebody, I think that goes back to yeah. how do we want to be together and t- and remind them no, of what we all and, agreed and ta- right. half and, an hour ago and, and and have maybe it's the board president, maybe it's the executive director. Again, going back to that person, it should saying, be the board chair. This, well, in yeah, the in the yeah. heat of the minute. In the heat of the meeting, it should be the board chair. Mm-hmm. It's, it's their job to run the. It's yeah. Their job to run yeah. the meeting. Yeah, but wait, but it, it may be that that person you want to talk to that person offline. 
find out what's going right. on. Right, but I'm putting but, you right in the I'm putting yeah, you right in the, the battle yeah, right now. Yeah, right, we got to defuse right, right. the situation right now because someone is feeling yeah. hurt. Someone has been hurt. Right. And and right. minimized, but I think and someone else is trotting over them. I think I think I would. Well, like, uh, what did we all agree right, at the beginning right, of the meeting? Right. This is right. not appropriate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And I would go, and what I would do would be to go back to them, like I went back to, to my colleague and just said, "You seem really angry in these meetings. We're all trying. We're all working to get more meals to seniors." what's going on you know this is really a little bit beyond hear what they have to say and then see what the next step for them is but right. but really but really again courage directness and and i want to say protecting everybody in the meeting by by keeping a safe and caring environment it's also going to depend on how the person reacts i think in that moment Mm-hmm. With uh, apology, uh, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I just, mm-hmm. I got I got carried away. Versus, yeah, yeah okay, true. fine. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. But and there some are a lot of, this... of possible responses in between those. But right, you know, apology, a public apology in the moment goes a long way. Right. I, uh, I had but, I had a another person who reached out to me and said, you know, we have one person who's hijacking our meetings. Right. And he just won't stop. And so then that was where I went back to my framework and said, all right, do you have term limits? Do you have a structured agenda? Do you know what the purpose of these meetings is? I'll use your checklist to have that structure. Have you talked with other board members to get clarity on what you want and how, how you want to be together? And once you can get that, oh, and adding the equity piece, are you can you confirm that this person doesn't have a perspective that, or are you sure? that this person doesn't have a perspective that needs to be listened to because I don't want to I don't want to take that off the table it may be that that mm-hmm. they do in this case the person did not and when when I talked to this client it gave her the permission to say all right we understand that you want to do blah 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 but the nine of us don't and so we're going forward over here and it seems like maybe this board isn't right for you anymore that's okay and that actually kept it's that it's that 20 percent of the people or five percent of the people taking up you know so much of your time time. and and then the board got back on track through that okay yeah um what else what else we've only spent like 20 minutes together what else are you going to share with folks tomorrow that we haven't talked about yet yeah i think that so i've just this is my first ntc i'm very interested to see how it is i would say that 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 congratulations on being selected as a speaker yeah the community the community voted (laughs) and chose you in your first ntc it's it's exciting yeah um what i'm trying to do now is create a lot of spaciousness in the meetings that I lead in these presentations. And by spaciousness, I mean spaciousness, interactivity. You're really giving, because people more than ever want to talk, want to have the opportunity to talk. So how I'm, how I lead these conversations and how I recommend board members should lead these conversations is really to say, we want to hear from you. We want time for us to talk it through. And sometimes there may not be enough time in, um, in the meetings themselves, that may mean that you need to go off and you know have committee meetings so that you can be more expansive in exploring a certain topic. But really understanding that with everything going on in the world, people are holding a lot, and there is a need for more 
processing uh, of all of this and that needs to go into the design and to just come into a you don't want to go come into a room and say let's we're just getting down to work it's really the opposite of that it's really what's here in the room right now um i i have there's a book called permission to feel by mark brackett i don't know if you've ever heard of it and there's an app too that and it's really about how are you feeling right now and it's such a simple question but just to say as a check-in with your board members how are you feeling right now and it, again, it, it doesn't cost very much, but it's a way to say, hmm, we're all here together. Bef- what do you need to leave behind? Mm-hmm. So you can be here in the room and you know, that creates a lot better work. You were promising the folks who attend uh, tomorrow that you'll, you'll leave them with a takeaway, a next, a next step, yeah. a, a next yeah. step for building a healthier board. Mm-hmm. How do you help them identify that next step so my my theory of learning is what you care about what you embrace what you notice is what you are going to start working on so the reason that i am handing them my handout with the venn diagram of these three areas and sorry i'm being technical just repeat the three areas again yeah formal practices informal practices equity is because i i don't i want each person in the room to reflect on what is working and and what they want to do next and to commit to something right something that they want to change in their organization and it might just be um, hmm, I'm gonna go back to my board and I'm gonna share this with them and we're gonna have a, a, a you know group conversation about this understanding that we are doing really well in terms of informal practices because we all get along really well but we actually hmm we don't have term limits and that's hurting us because we're not getting new people involved with our organization so i uh, so a lot of it is internalized mm-hmm. i mean what, what you believe should be a next step or where you believe you should work first i have a long time background in education a doctorate in education and in studied adult education, truly believe that we are building our own knowledge and motivation from what we care about. And boards are too. What are, what are you okay. giving your attention to? So give I, my goal for the session is that people give their attention to these three different areas and think, okay, I'm gonna share many practices, but which ones do you need to pay more attention to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can we leave it there? What do you think? Sure, sure. You feel good? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. You're not feeling like, oh, there's something else we, we didn't talk about. He didn't ask me. Um, no, I think we're, okay. I think we're good. That's it's, an upbeat it's, place to leave it. It's all really right. exciting to, I, I, you know, it's really, I'm very curious about who's going to come to this session and the challenges they're bringing. And I always, it's very energizing to see, okay, room full of people. Most of them I haven't met before. And what will they, you know, what, what questions do they have about this and where, what's working for them most and where do they find, where do they feel like they need to do more fine tuning? What drew so I'm you, excited about that. What drew you to the nonprofit technology conference? This is your first one, but you've obviously been working with nonprofits a long time. Mm-hmm. What, what brought you to, to an NTC? I was, I was interested in, you know, in meeting all kinds of people and connecting and, you know, learning about some of the ideas that are out there and how this conference works. All right. You just had so, never heard of it before. I have heard right. of it before. Oh, you had? Yeah. All yeah. Right. And 
I mean, what I've noticed in my work is I have a lot of referral partners who are fundraising consultants who are sending me work and I'm sending them work. And I'm guessing that I'll connect with some new people, you know, who could be potential referral partners. Okay. So, yeah. Welcome. Yeah, yeah right. no, it's funny because I did have a friend who said, wait, you're, you're a facilitator. Why are you going to the technology conference? But I was like, well, there's a leadership track. And so... It's not only for technical... Right. Te- techies, right. IT directors. Right. We all know right. that. Yeah. Right. All right. Right. Great. Renee well, Rubin... Uh, my pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. For, do- thanks for sharing. Mm. Renee yeah. Rubin Ross, founder and CEO uh, at the Ross Collective. Thank you for being with Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio coverage of 23NTC, where we are sponsored by Heller Consulting, technology strategy and implementation for nonprofits. Thanks, thanks so for be- much. My pleasure, Renee. All thank right. you. You're welcome and thank you. <laughs> Next week, technology governance for accidental taxis. Accidental taxis. Technology governance for accidental techies. If you missed any part of this week's show, I beseech you. Find it at TonyMartinetti.com. I'm not sure you'd want to do that, though, actually, this week. We're sponsored by DonorBox. With intuitive fundraising software from DonorBox, your donors give four times faster. Helping you help others. DonorBox.org. I'm sure my voice will sound better next week. Our creative producer is Claire Meyerhoff. The show's social media is by Susan Chavez. Mark Silverman is our web guy. And this music is by Scott Stein. Thank you for that affirmation, Scotty. Be with me next week for Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Go out and be great. 